Okay, John chapter 14. So so yesterday, you know, we, we jumped on in. Uh, uh, Jesus starts out talking about being our hearts not being troubled and, and, and trusting in him. And he makes the wedding language, the commitment to come back and bring us to be with him. We talk about the, uh, him being the way, the truth, and the life. And, and, um, and, and I really didn't camp out on the, uh, no one, uh, no one comes to the Father except through me. But I do want to say this, that that is, that is very significant, especially in today's world where the popular thinking out there is that everybody, um, is, there is a way to G, to God, like whether you go to Buddha, Muhammad, or whatever, that there are many, many ways to, to God. And that's not what Jesus taught. And if you believe Jesus, you believe in Jesus, then you have to accept this because it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Um, but it's definitely runs contrary to popular thinking out there. This is not how people think. This is not what people think. But he absolutely said that, you know, no one comes to the Father except through me. And, I mean, that's why Jesus came, is to connect us to the Father, connect us to God. So I wanted to go back and point that out. And uh, now we're going to jump into verse 15. He's in the middle of this discourse about he and the Father being one and how they work together and how he glorifies God and God glorifies him. And then he says in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You know, I, now he's introducing the Holy Spirit here. He starts out saying, if you love me, keep my commands. It's a very simple thing is that 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 the way the way religion or Christianity should work is that we feel God's love, we feel Jesus' love, and therefore, we want to give back. That's Hesed. Remember, we talked about that the other day. That we, in a covenant with Him, He loves us, takes care of us. We love Him, we obey Him. That's how we show our love and our respect to God is by listening, believing, and obeying, practicing our faith. Right. Um, uh, this is really important because I think what happens is religion can kind of drop down to a default mode. And the default mode is usually, I have to do this, I have to do this, because I have to do this, I don't want to go to hell, somebody's going to get on me, somebody's going to rebuke me, somebody's going to ask me questions, or I just don't want a guilty conscience, or I want to go to he heaven, or I don't want my kids um, to grow up without God, so I'm going to be you know, a good example, or whatever. And those are all the wrong reasons. The real reason to obey the Bible is because Jesus loves us and we love him. That relationship, that's that's why it's so important to keep growing in our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, to stay inspired so that your acts come from love, your deeds come from love, not obligation, ritual, uh, tradition, coercion, or anything like that, or even fear. I mean, I know fear is the beginning of wisdom, but I was always to point out to people, it's just the beginning. At some point, you've got to graduate to love, and that's the real motivation. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and if all died, then we will die for him. So anyways, um, 
He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. Now, he's, he's introducing something brand new here. Pretty exciting. It says, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live on that day. I will realize that I am on that day. You will realize that I am in the father and that you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Okay. So, I mean, here's the thing is that obligation, fear, legalism, tradition, all of them wear out. And, and you can't keep a relationship because of that. I mean, this is why so many marriages end in divorce, because they fall out of love. They don't know how to love. They're not good at love. And sooner or later, they get angry enough or fight enough or things go bad enough that the love is gone and they get a divorce. They didn't put the time and energy into building that relationship and keeping the love stoked. Every relationship's like that. It takes effort to keep it stoked, to keep it alive, to keep it growing. And for us, it's reading and praying and meditating and and writing out prayers to Jesus. Write him a letter. You know, I, I, I here's a really cool thing to do. Sit down and write the, your autobiography, your spiritual autobiography. When did you first notice God? What are your first, what are your earliest memories of God? Write out the story of you and God, the story of you and Jesus. You know, this is a relationship that we have to take care of and make great. Michelle and I, we continually tune up our relationship. I love her so much. I love her more than anybody on this planet. I would lay down my life for her. She's amazing. But that's because we keep our relationship tuned up. And it regularly needs tuning, believe me, or otherwise we'd get bored with each other or we get nerve, we get on each other's nerves and it would go sour. And that's what happens all the time. So I encourage you that, and, and, you know, and I, and I may be preaching to the choir because you're the one listening to the 20th or 21st lesson of the gospel of John. So amen to you, but, but also so you can help your brothers and sisters because, too many Christians, they, they just, as Jesus warned, they let their hearts grow cold and they don't take care of this relationship. So he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them, this is the one who loves me. I mean, ultimately, everybody else is going to drop out. And, and the one who's going to go the distance with Jesus is the one who really loves him. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. He says, I will, I will be there with him. And he and he's always reaffirming his commitment to us. You know, I um when I moved to San Diego, uh, there was a lot of changes in my life. And um I got to meet Guillermo Adame, who had been the leader there previously for 10 years, but he was no longer leading. In fact, he wasn't even in the ministry. And um I got to spend time with him, and he and I really bonded and became very good friends. And I asked him to be on staff with me again to help me rebuild the, the San Diego church. And he did that. And the amazing thing about Guillermo was that 
Every time he would share publicly or talk, he'd talk about how much he loved our partnership. And I, you know, I loved working with Guillermo, but I've never been that expressive. And I've never, like, thought about, like, telling people about all my relationships like that. And every time he'd share that, it would really move me. And I began to realize, you know, it, it also gives the church security because they they are hearing that we're good friends. We're not just on the same staff. And especially since he'd been the former leader and I was the current leader at that point. But I think, you know, this is what Jesus was constantly doing. He was affirming their relationship. He was reiterating their commitment. He was always keeping that out there, that we're in this together. You love me. I love you. I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. And we have this intimate connection that he's inviting us to be a part of. That's incredible. That's amazing. And he says, he says, the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. You know, that this is going to be a very real relationship. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. My own. They belong to the father who sent me. You know, that, that there is... Without a doubt, there's absolutely a special relationship between the disciples and Jesus and God. And we're part of that. As disciples of Jesus, we get to be part of that. And I mean in the sense that it is not for everybody. Not everybody on the planet has that relationship. Not everybody on the planet is a part of that covenant. Only those who are disciples of Jesus. Only those who follow him and are devoted to him and devoted to to living his life out, living the life of Christ. That's who's in that. It's like he definitely has his inner circle. The inner, inner circle is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Then it's us. The next circle is us, and we're part of that. And that's a very special, special thing. And, and because we're in that, of course, we obey God. We do what God has called us to do. We live in obedience to him. And, and Jesus is saying, look, this is not for me. This is what fa- the Father God is telling us. This is what he's saying and having me tell you. He says, all these things, all these I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So people say, well, how did, how did these guys know what I mean, how do they remember everything? Jesus taught so many things. To be able to sit down and record it, to be able to have it in the in the gospels, the Holy Spirit helped them. That's how they know. That's how they, they know all this. He said, um, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he tells them, listen, I I will give you my peace, and my peace I leave with you. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what that means, the confidence, the trust, 
the 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 ability to be you know just you know at, at peace calm and content in all situations jesus gives that to us he it's, it's a gift from him that he leaves with us my peace i give you i do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid you know jesus knows what's going on with them he knows how they're feeling he knows what they're thinking about and this is the big night this is the night before he gets crucified a lot of emotions here a lot of lot happening here and jesus is trying to help them be at peace and find peace he says don't let your hearts be troubled this is you know what he started out in the beginning of chapter 4 saying 14 saying he says um I do not give to you as the world gives, but do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. So this kind of wraps up this whole discourse. And, and, he, and he's basically let him know that, you know, God's in control. God's leaving the Holy Spirit to guide us and to help us. And he's kind of given us a pre-warning, a preview of what's coming so that they wouldn't freak out when everything happens. And the truth is they did to a degree. And they still didn't get it all, but he reminded them a lot, and the Holy Spirit was working on them. And everything he had to say would be they would be reminded of as um, as uh, as as they lived their Christian life. So so Jesus is absolutely taking care of them. He's setting them up for victory. He's letting them know what's going to happen. He's ready. To, he's getting ready to head out, but he's also promising that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth will come and help them, remind them of everything Jesus said so that they could live the Christian life. They could be walking with him. And um, and this is a long discourse that's loaded with information about Jesus' promises and what he's going to do for, for, for us. So um, I don't really want to jump into 15 yet because uh, chapter 15, because it is so loaded and that's really a, pericope remember that word pericope a set of teachings so i think i'm going to go ahead even though this leaves us kind of short for today but i will say this you know and in, in closing that that you know jesus said he had to leave so that the holy spirit could come and i know that as a as a fellowship we've always been very weak on the holy spirit and i think in a lot of ways we're kind of afraid because we see a lot of weird religion out there wrapped around the Holy Spirit, and we know that's not right. We know that's not true. And and then you've got a lot of religion that pretty much acts as though the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. And we're trying to find our way. And I think as a fellowship, as a movement, we are growing in our awareness of the Holy Spirit. I hear people more talk about him, talk about him more. I hear people uh, trying to be open to him. And I will say this, I think just here's some, some little exercises that you can do to help you 
become more aware of the Holy Spirit. If you if 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 you're interested and you really want to learn more about this, um, I think that one of the one of the key issues is learning to listen, learning to hear God, learning to hear the Spirit speak to us. And what what I recommend is in the morning that you you read a scripture, and you have your journal, have a journal. You read the scripture, you maybe say it several times, you pray for God to just make things evident to you, and then you just listen. And and the first thing that's going to happen for a lot of us is we got all kinds of thoughts going in our head, because honestly, we're not good at it. Being a good listener, being able to meditate and focus is a skill that most of us just have never developed, because we've never done this before. But you can practice... Um, and get better at it, better at just being still and just listening. When I read a scripture, what jumps out to me? What is God highlighting to me? What is the Holy Spirit trying to say? And write it down. When I have prayer times, I must always have my journal or my organizer or something that I can write with. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit, that's when he reveals things to me as I'm going through scripture. There are other things that can be done, but I think this is a good place to start. You know, read read a, a paragraph like like the first paragraph of John chapter 14 and maybe read it two or three times or maybe even you take one sentence. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And you say it a few times, and then you just listen and pray, and see what God reveals to you, or read read a whole read a whole paragraph, read a whole chapter, and then just stop and think about what is God showing me here, what is standing out to me, what is the Holy Spirit telling me. We'll be talking more about the Holy Spirit, and in fact, I would love to do a whole series on the Holy Spirit, but. We have to get good at listening. We have to get good at meditating. We have to get good at at being still because the Holy Spirit does speak to us and guide us along. But we got to be careful. There are other spirits and there are other things that happen and we don't want to fall into that and we don't want to because we want so bad to be, you know, connected to the Holy Spirit that we're chasing false spirits or we're even creating things in our minds. So, anyways, so that's good for uh, finishing up John chapter 14. We'll stop there, and we'll jump in on chapter 15. Thank you, God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. I hope this has been educational and inspiring for you. If you'd like to know more, please join us by going to study.laicc.net, and we'll be happy to contact you and help you in any way we can.